Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, we are the Armchair Superheroes. I am Pat Lane here, as always, with Taylor Kyles. And Taylor, my God, man, anyone that was complaining, we loved the first three episodes, but anyone that was complaining, it was worth the freaking wait, man. It was worth the wait. This whole episode basically showed us that Marvel knows exactly how this whole process works. Like, they know how we think. They know... You know, like, yeah, people overreact to everything, and I feel like they kind of put it all in our laps this episode in a way that was just very meta and very, like, we're Marvel. Relax. Like, take it easy. Right. Trust us. And you know what? They didn't disappoint. Oh, my God. I mean, I you know, I've been telling people that opening scene melted my face off. It just it melted my face. I just, I couldn't believe it. I'm sitting there watching it like, this isn't happening. This isn't actually. I mean, because, you know. You go back to, to Far From Home, and they had they showed the blip happening, right? But, like, realistically, it was it was a gag. It was for jokes. It was for laughs. You know right. what I mean? Like, it was you know, in the middle of a basketball game, and all of a sudden the band shows up, right? It wasn't, right. like, the absolute chaos. And here's what's crazy, and I want your take on this, because this is the interesting thing about this. What happened? Like, let's just say you were, fly, you were in a plane, and you disappeared. Do you show up like in that same plane or do you show up like in the sky where you were like those? Are, what if you were in a car driving? Do you just show up in the middle of the road or do you show up in that car? Or what if that car has been totaled? And then what like all those questions are left unanswered and you don't know the answer to. And you think about, you know, the 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 the, um, the spiral that comes out from this. Right. And so talking about an airplane. What if the, the pilot and the co-pilot dusted away? Then what happened? Then the plane crashed and everyone on the plane died. Those people aren't coming back because they died in real life. They didn't get dusted away. So like it's really those things are things that you don't even think about that you're just like, oh, my God, like what the hell? Like there's so many different things that are going on and they bring you into that moment so perfectly that it's just absolute mass chaos and everyone's running around. And of course she's in a hospital. So like everyone's running around and, and they're talking about, Oh my God, we can't keep everyone here. And what the hell's going on? And like, it's just complete and total chaos. And I just thought it was done so perfectly. I don't really know how you're supposed to deal with like, as a nurse, two people in a hospital bed, just like stacked on top of each other. Like, how does that work? Do they, are they next to each other? Are they just like a bunch of people stacked? Like, Obviously, it, it, it's a terrifying reality, and I think that they were very aware of that when 
you know, the reactions came out for Endgame, and people were asking those exact same questions, like, wait, what happens when you blip back, right. as we now know that it's called, and, you know, what, like, what is that like for the people that have to suffer through it? And then you see one of the worst-case scenarios, where Monica Rambo was chilling by her mom's bedside as she was dying, didn't get to see the three years where her mom recovered, and it's just like, yeah, well, she died, and you thought that you were asleep. Like, that's... I've seen the episode a couple of times at this point. Like that, both times I was like, "That is just so deep and traumatic." And like oh, Marvel is really punch, not right? pulling any punches, and you got to respect it. Like even this show, the way that everyone's talking about it, and the way that it's kind of advancing every week. Like obviously this week, we saw Wanda take another step where we actually see what happened to quote unquote Geraldine when right. she gets kicked out of the whole simulation. So. uh I mean, I really love what this show's doing and kind of giving us a lot of extra context and just a side of Marvel that's very, very grounded and down to earth and feels like it fills in a lot of the gaps that a lot of us had coming out of Endgame and Far From Home, just wondering how the more serious side of all those things kind of played out. Right, right. And we find out that, you know, it's it's three weeks after after Endgame, essentially. You know, it's it's very soon after this has been going on. And obviously, you know, she goes back three weeks afterwards, and there's already this situation in New Jersey, but it seems like it's fairly new. No one really knows what's going on, so maybe it's been going on for a day or two, but it's mm-hmm. not really anything that's really been going on for a long time. I do want to mention one thing about Monica coming back, which I thought they nailed so well, but the fact that she's coming back, and you really almost have to listen to it with headphones to hear it, but yep. her or life... Subtitles. Or subtitles. you're right. Her life flashes before her eyes like as it's coming back in so it's like it's like your life flashing before your eyes but in reverse it was wild dude and so they you know they're talking about lieutenant trouble and all this other stuff from captain marvel and you're like oh my god dude like it's like she's it's like your life flashes before your eyes when you're dying but now you're coming back so your life is like flashing again back i was like blown away dude like unbelievable job of like really such a small little minute detail that you'd miss, like I said, if you're not listening with headphones or with subtitles, that you might miss, but is like such a an interesting little thing that they added in there that I love. Definitely, and another one of those things, man, Marvel, they know exactly what they're doing. They know how to pull on our heartstrings a little bit and just gave us a little taste of like, yeah, remember the little girl in Captain Marvel, that movie that made a billion dollars that everyone loved so much? Yeah, well, that cute little girl, her mom died. Like, right. they're oh. merciless, and it's, it's what you want. Like, I remember there was that whole phase where people complained about the movies and saying there's no stakes and people don't right. actually, you know, there's no consequences. And now they kind of put it right on your plate. It's like Geraldine and Monica Rambeau has been a very charismatic and enjoyable character since she stepped on the screen. And now the first time you get to see her in a real life context, just something, something absolutely nuts, man. I just, I love where they're going. I, I Maybe it's just me. I love that dark stuff. Not to the DC level necessarily, but I love that Marvel knows that they're an upbeat franchise. So when they decide to do something really heavy like that, right. it's just like, oh, you're all right. You're, you're really serious. You're not pulling any punches. I love that stuff. Yes. Well, and that's and we'll get into we'll get into something real dark at the end of the episode. But we, I don't want to get there just yet. But another one of those small little details, right, where, again, you just like the MCU. They just they just get it right. They just get it. Jimmy Woo. Is back. Right, loved him in Ant Man and the Wasp. I thought he was great. Uh, and you know, and the running gag the whole time was was the magic trick. You know, and and how did you oh, do yeah. that? 
you know, and he, and he does it with his card right off the bat. You know what I mean? And what I love about that is that they obviously did it to kind of pay off that, that running joke from Ant-Man and the Wasp. They didn't make a big deal out of it. She didn't say anything about it. He didn't say anything. Nothing got said about it. It wasn't like, oh, hey, look at this. Like, look at, it was very, very, if you weren't paying attention, you missed it. You know what I mean? Like, it was really quick. So that's what I loved about it because, like, that's, they're doing it for the people that love that stuff. Like, they're not doing it for show. They're not doing it like, oh, making a big deal. Like, oh, yeah, hey, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, that was awesome. It was like, no, if you, if you weren't paying attention, you missed it. And like the people that are paying attention, there you go. Like there's a little payoff for you. And that's just so like, it's such an MCU thing for them to do. And I loved it. I just, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, no, they know how to definitely play to their audience. I remember I saw it and I was, I was kind of worried about the same thing. Like, all right, don't, I thought they were going to go to it a bunch of times and kind of beat us over the head with it. But this is what happens once the studio knows they have clout. Right. Like they're like, we don't have to, we have to bash you over the head with our little Easter yep. eggs. If you paid attention and you're one of our hardcore people, you're going to understand it. And I think they also know at this point, like, if you're watching WandaVision, you're probably invested a decent amount. And if you're not, then they're just going to, you know, hold it against you and be like, all right, you know what? Now you got to watch whatever other movie you got to watch. They're not making it easy for us. I love that stuff. Right. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. So, you know, obviously the whole thing, she, she obviously goes in you know, to the TV or to, to Westview, whatever's going on in there. Right. And so they mm-hmm. call in the cavalry, they call in everyone. And Darcy comes back who, you know, I think can be over the top a little bit and sometimes a little bit like, all right, like, come on, you know, in the second door, you know, with the menu, it was just kind of like, she just kept doing it over. And we were like, all right, come on, like, stop cat, please. <laughs> and she's a little bit more. So of course she's still cat denning. She still does her thing but she's a little bit more subdued. And I think that she actually does a really good job and plays it fairly straight. You know, she has a little bit of a comedic presence and a little bit of, you know, comedy in there, but it's not, it's not over the top. It's not too much. And I thought that that was, you know, that was well done. She of course figures out that it's, that it's a TV broadcast and she's the first one that kind of brings the broadcast in and then they're watching it and then she's invested. And I love like, there's so many different pieces about it, but like, She's invested in the show just like we are, which is really cool. I I love that part of it that she's like, you know, she she like says like, oh, and he's like, what? And he's like, wow, I'm invested. Like, what do you want me to do? You know? And then <laughs> and then they're writing on the whiteboard all these questions. And it's funny because it's the same, like Marvel knows. And that's what you're saying, man. They're so good. Like, it was the exact same questions that everyone's been asking for the last three weeks. Or well, I guess the last two weeks after the last three episodes, you know you know, what's going on? Who is this? Who is that? Like every single question that everyone's been asking is on the whiteboard and they're writing it down. Like what the hell is going on? Like, why is it a TV? Like what's going, why is it in color? Why are they switching from the sixties and seventies? Like, it's just so well done where it's like, I'm looking at it like, wait, that, that was the same question I had. Like they were asking the same thing. <laughs> we are. So it was just, it was so well done with, you know, with the video. And then of course, you know, we get Jimmy Woo is the guy talking on the, on the radio. and we hear it. It's interesting because we hear it, but they don't hear it, which I thought was an interesting little thing that we saw it and we heard that, but she cut it out of the TV broadcast that they watched, which I thought was fascinating. That was something that, that was a little bit different. And she did the same thing, by the way, with the, uh, 
was it the was it the the bee the beekeeper guy? I don't think I think that cut yeah. as well. And so there were some things that cut out. Same thing with uh, at the end with Geraldine, where she's like she turns to her and she's like, "What?" She's like, "What did you say?" And she's like, "Oh no!" And then it just cuts. And so it was interesting that we got to see some of that stuff, but she the broadcast, you know, the, the quote unquote broadcast that gets sent out isn't the same thing that we saw the first three episodes, which I thought was an interesting little twist as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, I don't know, it's, just, it, it's, it's still just that awareness that Marvel has of its audience. I think it makes it almost more entertaining because they know where we're going to go with all the things that they show us. Right. And I think we're kind of hitting a curve where it's like what they used to do with their trailers, where or they started doing with their trailers, where they would just put things in that were fake and misleading because they know that people spend all this time dissecting it. And now they kind of have the advantage of being like, all right, now you guys have shown your hand. You're getting too predictable. We're going to make sure that we tailor this show to what we know that you're going to expect, which is even more exciting, I think, because it means that they're going to have a better, they have a better knowledge of how to subvert our expectations. Now we're going to have to see whether or not they do it in a good way or whether or not it's like a Ryan Johnson Star Wars way and they just decide uh-huh. to like ruin our childhoods. But either That's way, okay. I, think Marvel's <laughs> got a, I think Marvel's got a good beat on it. So I think it's really exciting and really cool to see them show an in-universe awareness of how audiences think and how audiences kind of interpret this media and their ability to kind of make us think one thing, like how it's only five episodes in. Obviously it's halfway through or four episodes in, about halfway through, but right. they still have um, Monica Rambo say, it's Wanda, it's all Wanda. Mm-hmm. Like, I, my thing is, I, I love long TV shows with all the long-standing payoffs, and you know, in those kind of shows, whenever someone gives away something that seems like a big plot twist in the middle, it's just to take your attention away from something else. So, right. again, the Mephisto thing, the, like, devil Marvel character... Mm-hmm. Um, seeing just what the extent is of this and obviously we know and I think Marvel's smart enough that they're going to make this a very sincere attempt to explore the mental wellness of Wanda after going through just traumatic event after traumatic event so I, I, I don't think they're going to make her a pure villain because of that I think they want to make sure that she's still sympathetic and as we know she's probably going to be the villain in Doctor Strange and um, that movie so it just it opens up so many doors, you know. You you think that you have an idea of what's going on, but you know Marvel is just smarter than that. So we'll see what happens. But as every week so far, I'm extremely excited to see what's going to happen next. I'm just well, and absolutely, and you said it perfectly. I mean, like you know, that was a she comes out and says, you know, it's all Wanda, and you're like, mm, is it though? You know, she they give us a longer scene as to what happens between them right at the beginning of that episode, or maybe at the end of the, I don't remember whether it was at the beginning of the end when she, when she mm-hmm. tosses her out, they give her a long, they give us like kind of the whole story there. And oh, I guess it was at the end. Right. And, and she kind of looks down at her hands, like almost like, Oh wow. Okay. And almost like she's in some sort of a haze and then she puts everything back together and everything's normal again. But you know, it, it's all, it's those moments where you're kind of like, is there something else going on? And I thought, you know, speaking of the whiteboard, I thought it was interesting to see how some of the characters, obviously, they identified a ton of the characters, of course. But two that they never identified were Agnes and Dottie. And here's the thing about Agnes. Agnes actually has, I don't think Dottie even has a has a um, a sheet up there. Agnes does have a sheet up there. Agnes, of course, is, is Catherine Tan's character. 
Um, mm-hmm. She has a sheet up there, but she doesn't have an ID. So, you know, she's there and they're tracking her as a character, but she doesn't have an ID there. So it's kind of like she's there and they know she's there, but they haven't identified who she is in real life yet. And I thought that was interesting. And Dottie's another one where Dottie, you know, had done an interview. The the actress that, that played Dottie had done an interview and said she had to get okayed by Kevin Feige. Now, that's a strange thing, especially because on IMDb, she's credited for three episodes, and that's it. So if she's a, a, a fairly small three-episode character, why the hell does Kevin Feige have to sign off on her? And so there were some thoughts that maybe – she would be the Mephisto character, that she would be the bad guy. Now, who knows if that's actually accurate or not? And, of course, we don't know that. But, you know, she was kind of in charge of everything. She's the one that says the devil's in the details. She's the one that kind of runs the crew over there. So, like, so that's, you know, that's kind of an interesting thing. And, and, you know, of course, we don't know what's going to happen there. But it was interesting that those two in particular – got left out because you know agnes is 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 rumored to be the witch and i can't remember for the life of me remember the witch's name but uh that's it thank you so she's rumored to either be her or be like an associate of her and so like there's all these different things that are going on that we're not sure about but they're kind of teasing them and they're kind of playing with us and we know right we've known that there's something else going on and there's all this stuff that's happening that we're kind of un- unsure about and uneasiness happening. And we're still kind of in the middle of it where we're like, okay, something else is coming, right? Yeah, no, I think it's got to be something. And I think Agatha Harkness, the, definitely when I saw that she didn't have the ID, it was kind of a pretty massive red flag because she's the person that everyone's been pointing to from the beginning is kind of being suspiciously there because of her name, her name is um if you like rearrange uh some of the letters or something like that i forget what it's called i've been out of college for like a year now so i i forget what the term is but if you mix up the letters in her name i think it's like uh i think it comes out to like agatha harkness or something like that so um like the the amulet that she wears like she has some necklace every episode it's pretty obvious that the way that they have led it on with the trailers and everything there's something suspicious about her um I, I, the thing with Dottie, it's so it's so kind of hard to know what's going on because it seems like it's almost too obvious. Like she's someone that hasn't really talked about very much. Clearly has sinister intentions. And Marvel's done like the gender swap things with villains before, right. where they have a historically male villain played by a female. Obviously, because like when comic books were written, there wasn't a ton of representation, so it's very yeah. acceptable these days to be like, you know what? There's no reason it couldn't be. But it's just that the actress is famous, but not that famous. Like, I think she was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but she's not a really well-known person. And for Mephisto and, like, a big bad, it it, it just it makes me think that it's someone who is going to be able to hold the franchise for a long time. And for her character specifically, it's like, all right, unless there's some huge turn, and I think IMDb sometimes does lie about how many episodes the character's in, just so it doesn't give arcs away. Right. Um, but it, it again, it's it's they know exactly what we're thinking. Like they are eventually, obviously, Marvel's going to hear this podcast, and they're going to be like, "Oh, you suckers! You've fallen for every one of our little cheese bits." So, like, I'm, yep. I'm trying to stay open-minded and not like as speculative as I want to be because clearly Marvel's onto us. But 
I don't know. We don't know what to expect, man. Like, I, I never know what to say. I'm just excited to figure out what is going on. Like, I need more context for this universe that I'm so invested in. Well, and you said it perfectly last episode that, you know, like, you're so excited to find out what it is. But, like, the fun part of it is the journey getting there, you know, and talking about it and, and running through theories and all these different things. And and that's the one thing, right, is, is like you said, you know, they're moving in a different direction now, right? They're moving away from the Iron Man, Captain America story, right? Although they're going to have Falcon and Winter Soldier, which presumably will have Captain America in in some shape or form. But they're moving away from the, you know, from the Tony Stark, Captain America type of thing. And so it opens up a ton of stuff, but it also, you know, has a lot of questions. You know what I mean? There's a lot of questions there as to as to how they're going to move forward. But again, they just don't miss. I mean, it's like Guardians of the Galaxy. If you told yeah. me in 2013 that Guardians of the Galaxy, number one, would come out, I'd be like, who the hell are those? Who the hell are those people? And that number two, they would be an integral part of the MCU and, and some of the most likable characters in the MCU, I would have been like, okay, sure, whatever. And then they somehow pulled that off. And, and, you know, so obviously I never doubt what they can do. Uh, But one thing I want to just, I want to throw out there, Robbie Fox from Barstool tweeted out that Elizabeth Olsen teased a WandaVision cameo quote on par with Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian this season. Like, I think I know who it is. What? And so, you know, I don't know who it's going to be. And that's that's the fascinating thing. Who who do you think? Because like you said, Marvel can listen back and, and laugh at us. But who do you think uh, that the cameo would be? I think because Paul Bettany actually a few weeks ago had an interview where he said something similar. He was saying that there was an actor he hadn't gotten to work with yet that he was really excited about. So it's someone in the Marvel movies, maybe, could be a completely brand new person. We don't know. So if it is, then, like, you know, whatever. That's just Marvel one-upping us like they always do. But assuming it's someone in-universe, the only, like, big-name actor who's in the universe who would seem to fit into this is Doctor Strange. Right. So it would make perfect sense. And I was thinking about this, too. Like, if Wanda goes nuts, at some point Doctor Strange has to be, like, the the reality seems a little funky and as the protector of reality that's his responsibility so i think and again i paul bettany's like we said last week he's been a part of this since the beginning so i think he's smart enough not to give away someone like paul i'm sorry someone like benedict cumberbatch coming on when we all would probably think of him considering they've already been tied together like at comic-con and when everything was announced but or d3 whatever the convention was but um i hope i hope it's dr strange i love me some benedict cumberbatch and i feel like that would just mean that things are getting really crazy if he's got to get involved in the show but i would also be more than happy to see someone that we wouldn't expect right i agree and that's you know so it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there and i do think too like you know we were talking about you know kind of what's going on and whether wanda is completely in control of this universe or not and, you know, she is the one running it, which it seems like for the most part, she probably is. Um, but you wonder if there's someone kind of feeding her information. And then when it brings up for me, and and this is the thing with Monica. So Monica says, that's right. He was killed by Ultron. And it's almost as if, you know, if you look at her face when she says that, I know this is kind of going back to, to episode three, but if you look at her face when she says that, it's almost like she's, she's like in a haze. Like she... She's almost like remembering it like it's a it's a long lost memory of hers. Yeah. Not as though like she's been trying to hide this from her, but like 
Oh yeah. Oh, oh, as you say, oh, I guess that's right. You did. So it's like, what's fascinating to me about it is that how conscious, and this is, and now that we know, of course, that these are real people that she like literally took over this town of these people that live there in this town. She, they're not just figments of her imagination. Like these are actual people that live there. The question is, is how, how aware are they as to what's going on? How conscious are they to what's happening around them? And we know that there are parts of it, right? When Agnes and, and um, oh, for God's sakes, what's, what's the, the, uh, the black guy that lives next door. Um, great character. Uh, guy. Uh, I can't think of his freaking name. But when they're is talking about <laughs> it might be. I, I forget. Uh they're talking about they're talking about at the end of episode three, they're kind of talking in hushed tones, right? And uh Herb is the guy's name. Herb, yep, that's it. That's yeah. it. So uh they're talking in like hushed tones, right? And you're like, why are they talking in hushed tones? Which by the way, uh he's only credited in two episodes as well. So that's interesting too, just to keep that in mind. Right. Who knows if he if he's gonna play a bigger role or not. But but you know, they're talking in kind of hushed tone. Something's going on. Oh, uh, she's talking about it because we're, and he's like, we're what? And she's like, no, no, don't say anything. So, like, it seems like they are aware at times and then maybe not aware at other times. You know what I mean? Like, that's, and so, like, when uh, when the mom from that 70s show, when her husband, who's her real husband in real life, is, like, dying and choking to death on the ground, she's, like, you know, almost breaking character but like all also laughing at the same time to be like, Oh, stop it. You know? And so like, you don't know, like, is she fighting to stay in character there? And she knows her husband is dying on the ground or is like, what's happening. So like, those are questions that, I mean, that's pretty messed up, dude. If she's watching her husband die on the ground and she has to just like fight to stay in character because she's afraid that Wanda is going to like destroy her. If she doesn't like, that's like pretty dark, you know? Yeah, I think I think to that extent, it's kind of like what Monica said, where it's like, as far as they know, Wanda's controlling everything and just being like, you're not going to be talking about stuff that I don't want you talking right. about. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. And that's and that's, you know, the question is that, you know, are they are they aware of things and they're just playing their part? But I feel like it's more than that. I feel like it's more than just because obviously they buy in and stuff and everything else. But like. It's not like just when Wanda's, and I suppose maybe theoretically it could be, but like they're not all that good of actors that they would be 100% on every time she's around, you know, or every time Vision's around for that matter. I feel like they're under some sort of something, right? And then it takes something can pull them out of it for a second. And then when that happens, she kind of reverses everything. So it's, you know, it's interesting. And that's, that's a fascinating thing to me. And you see too, like, She's changing things, right? As they come in, obviously we saw the the you know the toy the toy helicopter. Clearly, um, you know when she and I think by the way I do think that it is something that they're not just all playing a part, right? Because when when Monica gets thrown in there or gets sucked in or whatever, she's there in the foreground and they're looking at her like that doesn't look normal, right? Like she doesn't look normal, and so I feel like it's something more than just they're playing their part, um. But anyway, so she's there. Obviously, she she becomes part of the show. And then the the beekeeper guy, who obviously doesn't go in as a beekeeper, but then ends up as a beekeeper, um, I think was really fascinating. And I heard a rumor, and this might be wrong, but somebody said that uh, it was the same guy that was the ice cream salesman at the beginning of episode three. Now, that might be wrong. That might not be true. Um, 
but someone was saying that it was the same guy that played that part um, was the was the ice cream person at the beginning of episode three. So I'm not that's not confirmed, but it'd be kind of interesting if if he was like stuck there and now gets like recast as someone else. You know what I mean? So I don't know if that's that's actually what happened or not, or if he made it back out because they didn't show us that. So um, I don't know what the heck happened, but who the heck knows where they're going to go from here? That's the interesting thing now is like how much, and I wonder, are we going to get another, like, are we going to go back to like another sitcom episode where it's like, we're back in WandaVision and we're just like watching them and we're in the middle of a sitcom again. Or is it, or are we going to get more of like the story on the outside or are we going to get a mix of both? I feel like it's going to have to be a little bit of a mix of both, but like how much of a mix of both is an interesting question. I just don't know the answer. To that. It's, it's kind of wild. I think we're going to start getting like the more realistic stuff. I think we're going to get a little bit of sitcom enough to maintain the illusion, but it's really going to start getting real soon. Yeah. Well, you're right. I mean, there's only five episodes left. I mean, well, I guess we're only four in, but there's only five episodes left, so you can't spend too much time doing it. But that was, you know, that was the big argument about the Mandalorian is people were like, you know, he's spending too much time doing these side missions. And I'm like, well, yeah, but like side missions are pretty dope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if, if we get another sitcom episode and the sitcom episode looks like episode three, that's a pretty good episode. Like, okay, like I'd be right. okay with that. You know, like only maybe one more of those. But, uh, oh, the one thing we didn't talk about. Here's one thing we didn't talk about, and this is this can bring up a question as to as to what is going on with Vision, and whether Vision is really here or not. But man, that shot of Vision dead when she sees him is startling. And not just that, but if you look at it, if you watch it, and you're really like you really focus in on it, which you're really kind of not focused in on it. If you focus in on it before she turns around, when he walks back in. That's what that's his face. You can see it in the, now. It's obviously it's like blurry because it's far further away, but you can tell it's not his actual face. It's his like dead face behind her, and then she turns around, and of course you get a close up of it, and then he talks to her like everything's fine, and you're like, whoa, like dude, that was that one. I kind of I didn't jump, but I was like, whoa, okay, oh, what the hell was that? Like it's just it's startling, and that one. Of course, that brings up the questions. Is Vision dead? Did she pull Vision back in? Is his consciousness still there? Like, what's going on? Nobody has an idea. And, like, it's, oh, God, it's awesome. Yeah, no, it was definitely the scariest moment in the show so far. But then also, I remember it was kind of the show being like, yeah, even if you think you know what's happening during the episode and, like, what you see isn't, even though you see the rewinds, you're still not seeing everything. Because the first time we saw the episode, we didn't see her get kicked out. We didn't see Vision the way he actually looked. So, again, it just it's doing a really good job of keeping us off our toes, or on our toes, and not knowing what's coming next. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, they've done a great job. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. And that's that's the great part about this, man, is that we're on this cusp now where it's like we're going to start to really see what's going on in the next few episodes and where they're going to be going. And you know, this is the beginning of phase four. So it's like really this is the start of everything that's going to happen, uh, you know, in the MCU moving forward. So it's uh, it's I'm excited to see what the hell what the hell happens. But, uh, you know, as long as they keep well, they keep doing what they've been doing and Feige hasn't missed in a long time. So yep. I have full confidence that uh, this this show is going to kill it. And so uh, Friday, Friday, man, where I mean, this is Tuesday night, of course, is coming out on Wednesday. We're just a few days away. We're just a few days away. It's like and now I'm counting. I mean, we always we always look forward to Friday, anyways. Now I'm looking forward to Friday even more because I get I get a new <laughs> WandaVision. So it's uh, 
It's great. And I get the excuse. I get to watch it twice on Friday because my dog wakes up in the morning. I watch it early, like 6 a.m. before anyone else is awake. And then the kids like to watch it. So we all do school. And then we watch it after school. So uh, so I'm like, okay. I get, oh, I get to watch so it twice. So, yeah. Oh, they love it. They're, like, totally into it. They're all, like, we've watched all the MCU movies together. Like, they they love it. So it's uh, so it's fun. You know, and so you know, it's a good, it's a good family thing, and that's that's the thing. Even even though it is scary at times, you know, like my daughter was like that that freaked me out, like with the, with the vision thing, and I'm like, I don't blame you, but like they don't go much darker than that, you know what I mean? So it's like, uh, so it's not too bad, you know. But anyways, I think it's all we got, man. I think it's all we got. It's what what an episode. I mean, really, just yeah, like I said, dude. It, you know, we talked about it the whole time, but we were talking about before, before we came, came on too. like just that episode just absolutely blew it blew it out of the water. Just really blew a it lot out of water context. And, and then some. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. That's it. And I love the way they did it, where they built up those first three episodes and they didn't advance the WandaVision story at all. They didn't move on. They just gave you all the context leading up to that point, which I thought was great with genius by them to kind of do it that way. And now we pick up from where we left off at the episode, at the end of episode three, but we actually, you know, we don't know, actually know what's going on, but we have a better idea of what's going on at least. So, uh, you know, so it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens, but anyways, thanks guys for listening again. We appreciate it. And, uh, and we're going to be back next week talking about episode five and, uh, and we're moving on, man. We, I I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm excited. Taylor, I'm, I'm loving doing this. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, looking forward to continuing on. Likewise, buddy. Can't wait. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.